Hi, I'm Yannick Guzdala. This is the Yannick Guzdala podcast. And this episode is, um, is was, has been um, inspired by uh, someone I admire greatly by the name of Seth Godin, S-E-T-H, Seth and Godin, G-O-D-I-N. You should, you should, I'm still going to say you could, I'm actually telling you, you should Google this guy. And um, if you're into podcasts as much as I am, uh, which I am very much lately, I was, I thought, okay, well, I wonder if Seth has a podcast. Let me search for Seth's name in, uh, on the, on the iTunes, on the pod, on the podcast store. And um, he doesn't have like a regular, regular one like I'm doing here or like, like a lot of people do, but there is some content there and it's called Seth Godin's Startup School. And uh, what he did was he had this um, three-day event seminar, I think a very uh, select group of people, I, I guess people, I haven't got all the way through it yet, I'm only in, on like the third episode, but um, he did have a bunch of people, uh, he was giving a seminar, giving a masterclass of sorts, and he recorded that and he packaged that into a podcast, so he released the content through the podcast store, uh, the podcast feed, and I thought that was awesome, and why on earth wouldn't I do that with some of the stuff I'd done? Plus, as you can probably tell, I've got a little bit of a cold, so I didn't want to have anyone in the studio here infecting them. Um, and I did want to get another podcast out there. And inspired by Seth, um, I've taken uh, a couple of the lessons from the Chords and Reharmonization audio course um, that's that's up on my store. You can get that. You can get the whole thing actually at store.yannickguzdala.com. But right now, I'm going to put. Um, a couple of uh, lessons from that. It's a 12-part course. I've lesson one and lesson five, I believe, um, in this podcast for you to listen to and check out. And I, I get asked about chords and about my chordal playing. And then everyone sees I have a bass strung E to C and they're like, well, I play a four-string bass, E to G, like what's up? You know, what can I do with that? So that was that was what inspired me to make the 12-week course in the first place. And it, it extra inspired me to make sure I did that all on the four-string bass. So regardless how your bass is strung, you probably have the regular four bass strings in there, no matter how many extra strings you have. So this was all done um, on, on a Fender bass, on a Fender jazz bass, four-string bass. Um, the video, uh, not the video, the lesson right now, the first part of the, that I'm going to put in the podcast here does reference a YouTube video um, that I put up a couple of years ago as a preview to this course. It's called Chords and Reharmonization for Bass Guitar. You can find you can find it just by searching that or you can go to my channel, um, the Yannick Guzdala YouTube channel and check it out. It's worth checking out, I think, because it really kind of previews the course and sets it up and has these three key exercises, uh, you know, specifically for bass, but I, you know, I actually hadn't seen this video in a long time. I went back and I looked at some of the comments, which is a very bad idea. Uh, in fact, if you, uh, I highly recommend, I think we had the most winning comment of all time. Um, this user's name is Vox Nerdula. Comment according to this was left about six months ago. It is, it's quite. It's so. It's so bad that I really don't want to poison my podcast with it. But um, yeah, I kind of recommend. You might have a bit of a laugh because it's it's uh, it's out of nowhere and it's really bad and it just reminded me I shouldn't read YouTube comments. So I, I unfortunately I did, and uh, but luckily I had a good laugh at it. But anyway, this video is well worth checking out because it has a, a three kind of key exercises that really help my chordal playing. Um, 
so if you're into learning something about that on the basis worth checking it out it's about 17 minutes long it does reference a special offer we were running back then unfortunately that offer is not available now um, but like I said you can pick up the the audio course right now as you know all of our audio courses at store.yannickguizdala.com they're on a massive discount you can get the entire library for the price of one right now um, so yeah so check that out it's called chords and reharmonization for the bass guitar it's on YouTube it's free um, and it's an awesome kind of prep and a, an awesome visual um, to the audio courses that I'm, the, the audio lessons that I'm about to play right now so this is part one of chords and reharmonization uh, from videobasslessons.tv so this is the audio from the video lessons um, and uh, yeah this is this is part one of the 12 week chords and reharmonization course Hey, I'm Yannick Wisdala. Welcome to week one of our chords and reharmonization course. I'm super psyched to be doing this. I know there was a, a lot of support for this. Thank you so much for voting. Uh, uh, you know, out of all the options, this one was the winner. Our uh, Bebop vocabulary course came in a pretty close second, so I think that'll be our next course coming out. But uh, we are talking about chords and reharmonization, something that uh, if you check out my music at all, you will definitely understand is near and dear to my heart. Um, and we are, we're basically, we're, we're splitting the course up into four sections and the first section uh, right now is going to deal with some some basics some fundamentals now right below this video is a link to the YouTube video I posted previewing this course that has three exercises in it if you didn't see that video go and check it out really simple um, tense exercise uh, kind of fundamental thing for the left hand for chords uh, a great um, uh, kind of mind-bending finger stretching left hand exercise Exercise, uh, two part exercise as well. So there are basically three exercises in that video. There's a link below, so click that, go and check it out if you haven't already, and, and take a look at those exercises before you get into working on what uh, we're going to talk about today. And that will just really, really make it easier for you um, in, in terms of your left hand and in terms of where, you, where you're able to reach and notes you're able to find. Um, in terms of the basics, like the first section of this course, the first three weeks are going to deal with. Um, I guess improving your all-around knowledge and whenever I think of improvement all around I think okay everything has to be good from the ground up that's not to say it's going to be boring and we're just gonna be sitting here playing major scales it's just really I want to get your whole uh, uh, your whole knowledge of playing chords really built well with a great foundation from the ground up so we're gonna start with something I love to work on um, and that is inversions of chords so basically uh, we don't have to step out of, of a particular harmony that far in fact we're just going to use three chords today two minor chords and one major chord um, and uh, we're in the key of C um, C minor and I want you to start getting you playing minor chords in in their three inversions in their root position in their first position and in their second position uh, second inversion rather so root first inversion second inversion that's the one chord that's C minor we're gonna go to the four, uh, the four chord which is F minor so again root first position uh, first inversion I gotta stop saying position first inversion and second inversion um, one of the challenges with the four string bass you know most of you know I play the Federa with the high C for the most part one of the challenges uh, in you know in creating this course and into looking at what I was going to teach you for these 12 weeks uh, was kind of transferring all, that, all of that vocabulary that I'm really familiar with on a different instrument to this because I know the bulk of people play four strings uh, or at least if they play five strings they play with it with a G as the highest string and, and a low B. So 
We're going we're gonna to find ourselves, the point of that little story is we're going to find ourselves not necessarily being able to play everything in ascending order. So in our, in our, uh, in our root, in our, in our tonic here of C minor, we can play the three different inversions, the root, the first inversion, and the second inversion. When we get to an F, we can play the root, the first inversion, and then we have to skip down to to get the second inversion. And then our five chord, uh, which is G, we can play root position, first position, first inversion rather, and second inversion. Again, we have to skip down for the second inversion. Um, now, let me explain what all of these are. I just wanted to get that sound in your head of, of, of these. Basically, on every chord, on C, on F minor, and on D, uh, seven or D major, we're just, just triadic. We're just thinking triadically right now, root, third, and fifth. On each of those chords, we're gonna have three, three chords. So we have nine chords total from three different uh, uh, chord centers. So C minor has three chords, F minor has three chords, and G, I think I said D earlier on, I meant G. G, our five chord, has three chords as well. It has three versions of that chord. Now, very simple, I'm voicing them with the root, the fifth and the third. Um, and I'm actually barring them. Sometimes I'm barring them as with my first finger crossed. Sometimes I'm playing first finger, fourth finger, and second finger like that. But mainly I'm barring them. I put my, my finger all the way across the strings and then just drop my third finger onto the A string to catch the fifth. So root five, three. That's our first voicing. Then we go up the sequence of chord tones. So basically our roots are the root, the minor third, and the fifth. Those are our, those are our uh, bass notes for each, for each chord. So one, five, three, and then three, one, five. Again, it's all the same notes, just in a different combination. So I'm voicing that uh, E flat, C, and G. Second finger, first finger, fourth finger. It can also be second finger, first finger, third finger as well. They're, they're you know, multitude of ways of playing this stuff with the left hand. And our uh, final uh, voicing for the C minor chord is the fifth in the root. So we have G with the second finger, uh, E flat with the first finger, and C with the fourth. That was That's the one that has the, the most stretching in it. And I might play the third, uh, might play that one with my third finger in the root. That can be easier. But there's definitely a, 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 a big argument, valid argument, and a point for, for, for learning it with both fingers. Uh, because if we want to switch to another chord that's close by, uh, that, that really, uh, the fluidity of that depends on which finger you're using in the, in the, in the root. So that's it, that's the root. The first inversion and the second inversion. Now, same thing applies to the F minor. Same, exactly the same voicings, just in a different position. So root five three in F minor, uh, three root five, and then five three root. All F minor, the root, the first inversion, second inversion. And again, the same thing. Now we're just going to take uh, uh, use a major third instead of a minor third in these voicings because with G, this is our five chord. So it's again one three five uh, one five three. And you, if you want to squeeze up in the top of the net, you can play three one five, or you could play it down here three one five, and you can voice that. Uh, the two kind of main ways of voicing that, either with the third finger in the in the bass note, with the root, with the, with the G natural, with the first finger, and the fifth on top with the fourth fourth finger, or you can use a bar and bar across the B on the bottom and the G on the top. Oh, sorry, B on the bottom and D on the top and stretch out the fourth finger to the G. Either way, it's the same voicing. It's three, one, five, 
315. Just two different options there. And again, um, it really, it really, uh, in terms of where you're going next, I might be going from this five to a one chord. So I could leave my fourth finger there on the G and simply move the bar. So I get this five, one. And that's basically where we're heading here is, is this whole vocabulary building idea to give you tons and tons of options when you're uh, creating, when you're composing, um, when you have a melody and you're harmonizing that, um, or, or when you're trying to voice chords uh, in a standard, for instance. Um, but th these are kind of the basics of that. Next week, we're gonna voice a standard, an entire standard using this technique. So this is really important that you check this stuff out because we're gonna get into tons and tons of different chords and different key centers. It's really not difficult at all if you have these basic concepts down. Um, and, and you know, and, and my next step here is to not uh, necessarily practice them in sequence, in the sequence we've been playing them in from the root, the first inversion, the second inversion, is to mix it up. Always kind of uh, uh, trying to confuse the brain a little bit and maybe play the second inversion to the root to the first inversion and then the root to the second inversion to the first, in first inversion on the four chord and then first inversion to... Uh, whoops, uh, uh, second, uh, second inversion to root on the five chord. But again, exactly the same notes, exactly the same three options on each chord, just mixing them up. Is a great one I like to do, and, and uh, uh, one which works really, really well in terms of moving from a five chord to a one chord, is to take all of those G triad voicings, uh, such as that one we were talking about with the bar, when I was moving the bar earlier on like that, um, and leaving the fourth finger on G in the same place, and approaching each C minor version with a version of G. So it's all G going to C, but they're different inversions of each of the triads. So here we have the first inversion of G, going to the root, the, the, uh, the, the first, uh, the, uh, the, the root uh, version of C minor. So that's G to C. Our next option, just moving up the scale kind of visually here, uh, uh, we, we can go to the second inversion of G with our five, um, three, and root voicing to the first inversion of C with our three, one, five voicing. So again, I'll do that slowly. First inversion of G to the root of C second inversion of G to the first inversion of C. Um, and then I'm gonna give you an extra voicing here because I really like the way this one moves. I really like the root motion because right now our only options, the next option left is just to have that root version of, of, uh, of G going and the, and the bass note staying the same going to the second inversion of C. I really like to add a seven here. So it makes it G seven instead of G triad. And the seven actually becomes the root note. We have the flat seven in the bass. So we have F, D, and B natural as our kind of G7 chord. It's like a, a rootless G7. If we were to have all of those notes, and there, there's the root, it doesn't really work with, with that root voice there, but it really works in sequence when you listen to it. So far we have, and now we get up to, I think that works really well. I really like the sound of, and the voice leading, not only in the melody, so far we have what do we have so the melody note stays the same the second time so we have motion melody note stays the same and then motion 
with a B natural going to a C. I really like those little, those, those, those little details, those little melodic ideas. And I'm going to leave you with that this week. Uh, so we have C minor, F minor, and G, plus that last voicing we snuck in there at the last minute with the flat seven in the root, with the F in the root, F, D, and B natural going to our second inversion of C. So practice that a ton. Uh, check out the preview video that I posted on YouTube before we started this course. And I'll see you next week when we tackle a standard using all of these, uh, uh, these inversions and voicings. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. I'm Yannick Gustala, VideoBasedLessons.tv. Okay, so I guess uh, I guess I'd had my Wheaties that day. I was pretty pretty amped to be uh, to be recording that lesson by the sounds of things. Um, we are not going to week two. We're actually skipping ahead to week five now, uh, just to kind of give you a varied look at um, at how the course progresses and how these courses in general progress, and um, just another kind of look inside the uh, the weird and wonderful process that is my brain when it comes to music and when it comes to the bass and when it comes you know to creating content and creating lessons and a and the learning platform that is videobaselessons.tv um, yeah as you can tell I mean it's, it's so fun to listen back to that that's a few years old a couple of years old now two years old three years old um, and it's fun to listen back and hear like how into it I was and even that's me right there. I, I did that and, okay, cool. I, I, I know this information, but even that is inspiring enough for me to think, wow, okay, let me go pick up a bass. When I get done with this podcast, I am actually going to go pick up a bass and work on some chords. As much as I work on chords anyways, I think my point is that you're never too experienced and you're never too good to get a reminder about some basic elements of, uh, of music and of the process and to, to be re-inspired. You know, my entire process has been, you know, notating little things, writing things down in the scrolls, as Mike Stern calls them. Uh, Mike would be a great guest. Actually, Seth Godin and Mike Stern, those should be two guests I have on the podcast when I go to New York next to record. Um, going to get John Davis, bass player, one of my favorite bass players in the world. I'm going to get Steve Wolf, the drummer. So Mike Stern and Seth Godin, they should be in my crosshairs. Um, but yeah, Mike Stern, that's how that came out. Mike Stern um, calls them the scrolls, of, the scrolls of knowledge. Um, he does it with, a, with an American accent. I don't know what that accent was. Uh, but yeah, the scrolls of knowledge, just all these little ideas, sometimes not so little, sometimes entire solos that we've transcribed and notated and kept in music books and um, you know manuscript books throughout the years throughout all our in his case many more years than me but just throughout the years of practice and performance and and learning it's that that was that was always my process it still is to, to be inspired by that now we have this kind of technological way of doing it where we have the podcast and the video lessons and youtube and all of these things where we can be re-inspired all the time but it's kind of important at least it is to me it's been an important part of my process to be re-inspired by my own stuff and not uh, when i say my own stuff i mean stuff that i've written down stuff that i've transcribed it's actually somebody else's stuff but it's my version of it and it's it's kind of my recollection of that moment where you hear something you're like wow i really don't understand that but i really want to and i really want to be able to play it and you start the process of trans transcribing it and writing it down and then hours and hours days weeks of practicing that stuff it's, it's nice to come back to that years later sometimes maybe a decade later or more and you're like oh yeah i remember that moment I really remember the moment when that piece of music grabbed me and said, hey, you need to check me out. Um, 
so yeah that's uh now now I've, now now i'm hearing that in, in my own in my own lessons which is awesome um and, and i will go and practice some of this stuff as soon as i get done recording this podcast so uh yeah here we go we're going to move on to lesson five of 12 from this uh, from this 12-week course again if you dig what you're hearing and you want to check out the whole course you can it's the it's the chords and reharmonization course you can get it at store.yannickguizdala.com and click on the on the audio courses tab um, so here's part five of of that course Hey, I'm Yannick Gustale, it's VideoBasedLessons.tv. Welcome to week five of our Chords and Reharm 12-week course. Um, last week we used those two, those two melody notes and our various root motions that we got through and kind of, it, kind of really interesting chord sequences that we were able to generate from just those two melody notes. And this week I thought, okay, let's, what's the progression from that? Where are we moving forwards? I thought, okay, maybe I'll add some more melody notes or add some more bass notes or whatever. And I, I started playing shortly before I switched the camera on and it, it, it ended up that actually the progression was, was, um, was to have just one melody note because I, I just came up with this idea um, of, of a ton of different root motions and compositional ideas and reharms that we can use with one note which will set you up really really well for a multitude of things for composition for sure uh, for improvising and for creating chord changes when you're practicing and stuff you want to put in the looper perhaps um, and also you know if there's that moment when you're on a gig um, and 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 it's just G, for instance. You're on a vamp, you're on a one chord vamp and it's the bass solo or it's some sort of bass feature or kind of how I feel these days if somebody does ask me to play a bass solo, uh, the last thing I kind of want to do or, or definitely not the first thing is to go and play, the, play all this linear stuff high up the neck without any context. And if the chord, chords, uh, if the, if the chord symbol is just G of some sort, if it's a one or, two, or a very simple vamp using one or two chords, <coughs> it's nice to set up some compositional interest uh, for what I'm about to play or for what you're about to play. And I was just vamping literally taking this really hollow chord, the root, the fifth, and the, and, and the root again of G, and I was going between the one and the four. Except I, I wasn't voicing the four as a triad, I was voicing the four with actually a whole step as the first interval in the chord. It's a, it's a little bit crunchy, it's not something, it's, it's not something that perhaps works uh, all the way down the bottom of the neck, but up here I thought it actually sang out and sounded kind of really nice, like a, almost like a guitar chord kind of sound. So just the root, the five, and the, and the octave, um, and then I'm, on the four chord I'm using C, D for that whole step, and then an interval of a fourth with G. G will remain our melody note until I say otherwise. We're gonna, I'm pretty much going to base this whole lesson around G on the on the twelfth fret of the of the of the top string here. And I was vamping. Going from one to four. And that, that, I think that might have been exactly what I did before I switched the camera on. Was play was play this was this extra root note to, to lead back down to the uh, to, to, to the to the whole root of our of our tonic here of G, and that just set the set the wheels in motion, set the ball rolling around my head. It's like oh okay, so I can have all of these chords 
uh, and, and, and really start to create some root motions out of staying with our static melody note. Now I'm always thinking compositionally, I'm really trying to have something that has form. To me, one of the most important things about composition is form, um, and I think that's very true for, for, for when I try and improvise, when I'm looking to create um, uh, melodic ideas when I'm improvising, or when I'm creating bass lines or, or, or chord sequence or, or whatever it is, I'm looking for melodic ideas and, 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 and consistent harmonic ideas that have form. So I was just playing around with the one chord and then the four chord. So that might go by twice. And then the second time for variation, I can throw in another chord. Now there are so many options for throwing in that extra chord and I'm going to go over them uh, with you. I'm just, we're literally concentrating on the notes, the root notes between G and C and all of those chromatic notes in between. So C, B, B flat, A, A flat and G. All of those, um, with, with, we're heading towards the root so we don't want to use the root as our extra chord. Um, it won't give that much variation. So. All of the uh, all of the chords we're gonna we have options are some form of C chord, some form of B chord, a B flat chord, an A chord, and an A flat chord to get back to our root. <clears throat> and depending on how you play them, they can all lead quite nicely back to the root. Um, and the first one I did was I think uh, B. And that's a really simple first inversion triad. So it's just B, D, and G. And I even kind of hammered off the A up to the root there, uh, sorry, hammered off the A, which is going up to our, the root of our chord, which is B natural. And you notice so far, um, the, the, the voicing in the top is just D and G in the top. Let's stay consistent throughout this entire uh, kind of process so far, because we're using this hollow chord. It's not, it's not, a th there's no third in there. It's not suspended, um, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it, it's just a really hollow 1-5-1 one one chord. So that voicing stays the top, top, uh, same on the top. You have this, just this interval of a fourth, super simple. Of course, I'm barring it with my first finger when I move up to the four chord. And of course, when I play this, when I play this first inversion G triad to lead us back to the root. So the first inversion G triad is our first option. It's the first option I came up with. And we'll go down in sequence chromatically. Um, so next time we're gonna use B flat. Same voicing of a fourth on top. And that gives it a little bit of a darker feel to me. And bear in mind, we're using these as passing chords right now, just as a little flavor, a little taste to get back to the one. And that's something I'm really conscious of um, when I'm trying to create interest and trying to create that little, oh, like the, the thing that brings the listener's ear in when you're playing. If they've heard someone bashing just G over the head for the past four or five minutes, if, if you can uh, uh, kind of inject a little bit of interest with some of these ideas that's really gonna I think really gonna perk the the interest of the audience once again and of course of the people playing around you other comping instruments that are gonna latch onto that and like I said I think the B flat still the same voicing on the top so the voicing is B flat D and G it's kind of a bleep a B flat six chord. You could think of the G as the six, the D as the third, and the B flat as the root. So it's kind of a, a B flat six chord. I'll play it again for you. C, and that's a B flat. So th there's there's another option. Now uh, the next uh, note going, moving chromatically down is A, and I might play an A minor seven there. 
So I switched the voicing. I didn't use that fourth on top. I went to a really pretty simple root three, uh, root minus uh, minor third, flat seven. So A, C, and G natural as our A minor chord. Very simple. Up to the four chord, and now two. Now, one thing that I think uh, uh, is pretty cool with that one is some voice leading stuff. Uh, right now, the voice leading, if we play that A minor seven, is going from C up to D, because that's, that's the voicing I'm using for the root chord. It could also, if we changed our root chord to have the third in it, it could fit really nicely. Where the C just moves a half step down to the B, and we have this G triad. So these are all little details to be aware of, and just knowing where these inner moving parts are, uh, uh, have the possibility of going to. Um, and now let's try the last one in this sequence, which is A flat. Um, so one chord to four, four chord. Now, to me, there are two ways of voicing that. I can voice it a little, a little more crunchy. So I've got the the A flat with the G in the melody, and I can either put the D in the middle, which is the sharp 11, it's a little more crunchy, or I can put the C, which is the third, and it can be just a, 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 a very simple major seven sound. I'll play both, uh, both options for you. It's crunchy first time, and more open the second time with the third. So you have options, and it's those really being in control of those subtle differences between and whether you use the D in the middle or the C in the middle of the voicing. Really having those, both of the options, it's always about having, to me, about having the options, as many options as possible uh, uh, when you're working on this, because then you have control. Then you can choose to take, take it in a really kind of dark direction. So if I were to now not necessarily play one, four, and then a passing chord, but to use some of these chordal options um, instead of the four chord, for instance, just inject them into the sequence and sit a little longer on them. Um, perhaps I would start with the tonic. That went to the minor third, so that went to our B flat voicing. And then I used two voicings there. I used the B flat and I used the crunchy A flat voicing. Um, And, and, and our first inversion uh, G triad, so B, D, and G, is a great lead, lead into our four chord. So that's another option, an ascending option. And I, feel, I don't know why I felt compelled to put that on the, on the, on the four. Um, felt good and it's that I think that comes from listening to a lot of music obviously and 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 hit, having heard I didn't come up with that I didn't invent putting in a new chord on the four but just having those rhythmic options twinned with these very simple harmonic um, and, and kind of reharming options is really opening the palette there and Again, this is awesome for composition, this is awesome for improvisation, for building chord sequences, and of course for building, like I said before, building your control um, and increasing the size of your palette when it comes to the amount of different colors you can inject into a piece of music. So we have our root chord, our four chord, three chord, flat three chord, 
two chord, flat two chord, two different versions of the flat two chord there with our crunchy D or our kind of open sounding C and our one chord. Check all of those out. Again, pause and rewind. Don't feel like you have to pick all of this up in one pass of the video. I think that might be impossible for anyone. Um, pause and rewind. I will see you again next week, week six of our 12 week chords and rehum course. So that last thing I was talking about, the pause and rewind idea, um, I, I, I can't reiterate that enough. I can't highlight that enough. It's really important to work at your own pace. That's when you're going to get the most done. Don't feel under pressure to work at my pace. You know, I make these these videos, these audio courses at a pretty high pace so I can fit a lot of information into a short space of time. But that gives you the luxury of being able to pause it and rewind and go over and over and over it as many times as you need. So just be conscious of that. Be conscious of, of practicing from a place of relaxation, from a place of calm, um, practicing with the right intent and, and, and really, you know, making sure you're enjoying what you're doing and you're inspired by what you're doing. Super, super important. Can't stress that enough. So um, again, if you dig what you were hearing in that, you can get this and all of the audio courses, all 12 week courses. Um, I think there are eight or nine of them now up on the store. You can go to store.yannickguizdala.com. Um, and like I said before on that last that last interlude, um, yeah, I should have Seth Godin, Mike Stern, John Davis, who else did I say? Steve Wolf in my crosshairs as, as guests very soon on the podcast. Also got John Powell, the movie composer. We're gonna go sit down with John and talk about, I guess, some of the movies he did. He wrote soundtracks for, I think he's done 40 or 50 movies now. Huge movies, super interesting cat. Um, he does happen to be English, and uh, he also happens to play tennis. What, what, what a combination. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of lots of great guests coming up, and, um, and maybe I'll do a few more of these things, dipping into the, to the educational side, kind of scatter a few of these podcasts in amongst the interviews. Um, so thank you for listening. I'm Yannick Guzdala and this is the Yannick Guzdala Podcast.